So we are continuing the Starving Minds podcast, and I hope you guys enjoyed last episode, which was all about music. It was one of my favorite um, pods that we did, my favorite episodes that we've done so far. Um, If you haven't listened to it, just uh, click on the bottom there or go backwards and you can listen to that. Uh, This episode, however, is going to be a little bit, not saying it's not going to be fun, but it is just going to be a topic that I think um, a lot of people can relate to. Uh, we're going to talk about fear today. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, I um, I was actually really happy when you threw that one at me earlier. Because, uh, you know, finding topics for us to talk about uh, we always wanted to, in a lot of ways, not just be something that means uh, something to us, but that other people have experienced or continue to experience. Uh, and when you said fear, it was extremely relatable, uh, just uh, because of everything that I, I've seen in the past couple of years. Uh, and it's funny how our perception changes, and because of our perception changing as we grow, so did our fears. I guess the only thing that never ceases to amaze and uh, scare me a little bit is what I've seen and continue to see fear do to people. It's disheartening. It genuinely, wholeheartedly is disheartening. I know that probably sounds odd to say, but to see good people in a situation that they feel is inescapable that's all they have known. That's been the reality for so long that the fear of the unknown, even if it's better, seems like an impossible option because the only reality they have been aware of for so long is the one that they're in. You know, Because I also have um, recently spoke, and when I say recently, I mean today, I spoke to a client who... Uh, Fear that that fear. Uh, I mean, early early pain that carried and just continue. I mean, just bad, bad. But the fear was what held, you know. And it starts so early, so early. And although our perception of fear changes and the things we're afraid of change, that fear inside us that early traumatic fear um that's the one that lingers and it and it takes root and it moves us to do things that are not what we would do characteristically um well i think aside from us um a fear making us change our behaviors when you've made it a part a part of your life let's say due to trauma because it doesn't even have to be trauma i think everybody has fear you know some kind of fear 
but I mean, like, if we're specifically speaking of uh, trauma here, so, you know, you can have trauma later on in life, but the trauma that we're speaking of starts really early. So that's where the fear starts, you know, it, it, whether it's like fear of abandonment or uh, fear of, of punishment or fear of, you know, uh, even, you know, a person, a parent or uh, fear of getting in trouble, you know, like all these things starts really early. So it becomes a part of your your pattern it becomes a part of your personality so even if it's not dealt with when it happens it it will continue to be a part of you right so uh, until you you deal with the root problem of when that fear started the, the foundation of that fear so aside from it not from it changing your behaviors it becomes a part of you to where you don't even know what the fear is. You might not even have a realization or an awareness of what the fear is. And then you might be acting upon a fear that you don't even know it was a fear, right? Like a compulsion? No, just like what I mean is like, okay, for example, um, this this is a silly example, but let's say when you were younger, you got bit by a dog mm -hmm. and so now that's a trauma and you're really young so yeah. anytime you are near a dog you have this fear a subconscious yeah. fear Early right time. because you you have this subconscious fear and it changed now it changed your behavior so fast forward to something that you you're not aware of you just like you know what i don't like dogs you don't date people with dogs you don't like going to people's houses with dogs you know it became a part of this girl not to approach dogs right wow. and then she made later on she might just say like you know what I, I don't like dogs and that become a part a part of her personality oh i have cats i don't have dogs she never addressed that root issue you know sometimes it's uh, fear becomes a part of you and you might be doing something that you don't even realize that you're doing because you don't even have an awareness of what the fear was to begin with. And that's that's what I've seen recently. In the end, the thing that keeps jumping out at me, the thing that I've seen time and time is the want, the want to overcome the fear, the the. the um, not ne not necessarily understanding, but that feeling of this isn't right. Mm -hmm. I I don't want this. I want change. And I think the second you're willing to look at it, the the moment you're willing to face it, um, even if you fail and fail and fail and fail and fail, the simple fact that you're willing to uh, look at it, acknowledge it is a success because people don't realize what a mon monumentous step that is that alone i'm not gonna say i'm not afraid i'm afraid everyone's afraid everyone has fear yeah. it's not you know everybody's afraid of something and the first step to everything of course is to open up that door and that's why like <laughs> when i was creating the logo for this podcast i thought of the door so the the door looking in 
and that door can meet could be to anything right but either way you're looking in so that's the very very first step is opening that door and releasing whatever it is um bring it to the light so just like that door you were saying just being aware of the fear is opening that door is the first step because yeah. now you are aware that oh i've opened the door now i know that fear exists now you can take your time and look at what's been causing this issue and you know not everybody has the not everybody has the capacity or the knowledge or even the courage no even the courage if we're talking about fear then i would say the courage not everybody has the courage to walk into that room because it's scary you know like what's in there yeah, you, you, were, you don't want to talking it. about the logo and mm -hmm. for some reason in my mind and and i know it was a doorway but just as you were talking about it now, it looked like, in my mind, a closet. And then I thought about the Not kid. Not a doorway. No, no, I, I, I know, I know. Okay. And just, that's where my brain went, just for a nanosecond. Mm -hmm. But but it just, it, it got it me thinking. It looked like a closet. It, it, finish your it's thought. It's not. It's not. It, I get it. No, but no, no. It is. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. That's what. That's what I, I was trying to point out. It's not a doorway because a doorway is different than like what a closet is, where something is enclosed, right? And you're opening yes. the door. So you were saying the kid <laughs> opening up the the door to the closet. What, what are children normally afraid that there is in the closet? It's it's the boogeyman, and. Mm -hmm. The fear of the boogeyman is far worse than the boogeyman living in the closet most of the time. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to go there right now. Um, no, but it's true. It, it's truly that you're you're terrified of facing that. But mm -hmm. the thing is, it's not he's not going to come and step out. Unless no. you open it up and unless you confront it. So that's what yeah. I mean. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it takes courage for you to face that and yeah. what's what's scarier about that is you're facing yourself and Absolutely. you don't want to face that monster right you don't want to be like i am that monster is a part of me isn't it funny I, that I that's the monster that knows exactly what you're afraid of yeah and 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 what's scarier is he's he holds all that power in there because you're you're giving him that power you're like i don't want to go in there i don't want to open the door you know but you're keeping him locked in and you because yeah. you're giving him that power so without releasing it and being like opening it up and being like i'm ready to face these demons that i have i'm ready to face whatever it is so that i can have the courage to fight whatever it is in me that I don't want there in order to change, in order for him to come out, in order for you to move on past this fear, in order for that girl to get married to a guy that is in love with his dog, and now they need the dog to live inside that house together, and she wants to do this for her and also for someone that she loves, in order for her to do that, she needs to open up that door and confront that fear. 
what what is it what is it that i'm scared of wow you know yeah absolutely and you can't she she's giving it all the power by not you know addressing that be like oh well, i'll just have cats the rest of my life you know what i'm just gonna not date guys with with dogs you know it became a part of her personality it became a part of her character to like you know and, and that's the thing like you can have things within you that is different than everybody else and you might even think it's like a flaw you know um or or a strength but if having fear and fear of changing or fear of evolving when you want to evolve when you want to change you have to address those fears you can't get past that Yeah. if if you want that demon to live in the closet and you're like hey buddy you can stay in there as long as you want but i'm just letting you know i'm aware of you and but i'm going to leave this door open from now on because i want you to know that you have no power over me you know you you can totally do that but That's a great analogy. I mean, you can always invite it out for coffee and exactly you know and, and you'd be like you know biscuits. we can have a talk about the situation but it, the, the whole thing is for you to not give in to the fear not give it power right um i mean i i can even go back to you know childhood and and you were talking about how your fear always evolves and changes i can go back to my childhood of I've always had a fear of abandonment, right? And, and this is still something that I'm struggling with now. But I'm very, very well aware of it before I did it. But, um, and we can talk about all the reasons why I have fear of abandonment, but that's, it, it, it's irrelevant. You know, everybody has something. And if you have a fear of ab abandonment, and if you can relate to that with me, then that's great. Then I don't need to explain it because you know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, but I remember one specific uh, scenario that I can throw out at, just to give you an idea of how far back I can remember my fear of abandonment. And this wasn't where it started. It's just a memory that I have. We lived in a house. It was one of the first houses we lived in when shortly after me moving to the United States and I was six years old. And I was between six or seven years old at this point, but my mother, she must have been in her 30s, like late. She must have been my age, to be honest, um, like right before 40s. But Okay. uh, she, uh, she went out clubbing quite often. We lived in a house uh, because she was a single mom. Um, we lived in a house with four other roommates that I remember, maybe two or three, something like that, lived with us and a lot of different people. So I've had a lot of different people come in and out of my life. So it was a very confusing time for a child at this time. Um, but she left and I remember chasing her car about half a mile and I was six or seven years old and I was screaming at the top of my lungs like probably the neighbors thought I was being murdered and I'm 38 years old now so it's like it it really it's really a memory that I can't forget because she was in the car 
and someone was driving the car and she just kept the per the they just kept driving and she heard me and i'm like please don't leave please don't go while i was chasing this truck or this car that, that they were in and yeah. it must have been like half a mile but the only thing that stopped it was uh one of the roommates came out and he chased me and brought me back to the house and she continued to go wherever she was going um but that's like a memory that i have of that abandonment and because she was a single mom she was the only person i had now i don't remember my fear of not wanting to be home alone i can only imagine with strangers like grown-ass men strangers um i can only imagine what was going through my head but um it's just one of those things and then i, I look back at that so it's like i've at some point in my life i've opened the door of my fear of abandonment and all these things in life all these situations and experiences i have with a lot of different people whether they are um uh, family relationships or friendship relationships but they happen very strongly with partner relationships and obviously that would be because i didn't have that so that's like my greatest fear is to be abandoned by someone that i love because i didn't have that from my only parent so at some point in my life very very young i've discovered that i have this fear of abandonment but i always revisit because i open that door and i always revisit that monster that is no longer a monster it's no longer scary i just know that it's something that i have to sit with and talk to and be like what what is this what mm -hmm. how can we we look at this situation um in a different way and bring yourself to present time and not allow all these past memories to dictate what's actually going on here in the present moment. Um, and it's it's hard. I mean, like I said, that, that was like, I was six or seven and now I'm 38. So it's like, it, it's, it, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, courage to admit that you have this have a problem and I'm sorry I don't want to say it's a problem there's a part of you that you may not like or you might you want it to change or you want to confront it you know it's yeah. just a part of you that you have to integrate I don't know just what? take shaking hands with fear I guess no I honestly Everything you said was on point, but I think the first thing was facing it. That that's, mm -hmm. and for some people, that's the only step that needs to be taken. You you faced it, you conquered it, you, you know, you continue to conquer it, and and you're absolutely right. It's not something that well you conquered it and it's done because that's the other thing about those patterns. You know, you, you, the fact that you were just able to describe it so vividly. I saw you. I saw the little girl running. In my head, you're wearing a dress. Uh, you're screaming at the top of your lungs. The tears are streaming down your face. And 
I see it. I see the windows down. You said she could hear you, and I know the only way she could have heard you is if the windows were down, so I, I saw it. And it's so painful. It is. Um, and and I, I love that about you. You've always been able to uh, take any core memory I had of being abandoned by my parents and just make it seem like chump change. Because they, they did. They left me in school. I ran behind the car, and they forgot me. <laughs> they did. They did. And... And to this day, I love I love holding it over them for you know <laughs> for the gigs for the gigs because they're they're uh, they were actually uh, yeah I've actually I was fortunate blessed all the above so yeah no that was chump change yeah I'm gonna go ahead and uh, <clears throat> file that under uh, nothing at all uh, thanks for that you know you've always been great for perspective in that sense you genuinely wholeheartedly always have been uh, never. <laughs> It, I felt ahead, it I'm though. Sorry. It was so painful. I'm not kidding. Like the and but, the fact that this dude ran after and brought you back. Like I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. By the end, I was like, don't, just, mm -hmm. just don't. No, you know? and that's the thing. Like I just want to make it a, a point here that um, these memories that I have, they don't dictate like when it started or or anything like that. It's not like a huge thing these are only just memories because you know when when you go through trauma or traumatic experiences uh in your life and it's like prolonged um like i have cptsd that i've recently discovered that i have which is just a complex ptsd where it's just prolonged trauma right so ptsd would be um someone that a perfect example someone that was in the army in the military and the ptsd that they have is like regular triggers that they had at that moment for someone with complex ptsd this is just like years and years and years of the same kind of trauma just layers okay. upon layers of trauma um it, that's that's so and the fact that the word complex Mm -hmm. is put in front of that as if PTSD wasn't complex as it is. You know, you take something that could have multiple triggers, that could have multiple effects that, you know, that you're given a service animal for, and then hold on a second, but wait, there's more. Let's add complex to it as yes. if it was simple. So I guess the question, the whole time, I'm thinking in my head, so what's what's your service animal equivalent? Because based on everything you've told me up to this point, which I, I, I appreciate and at the same time know that you're still not scratching the surface, which, wow, amazing. No. So what's your service animal? Would it be mythical or realistic? Because I don't think a dog or a cat or some sort of hybrid cat-dog is going to cover it at this point. I'm you know, my like own a, service animal. I've always dependent on myself. All right, folks, it was nice having you. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tune in for Nick. Come on. Are you serious? I'm my own. No. Like, no like, that's like, awesome. That is so awesome. Because, because it's legit. I, I don't, I never, so because I had to survive on my own for, for so long, um, oh, you know, that's emotionally, so that's not something that, anyways. The no, 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 that's is, good. No, yeah, the, the point is, is that, um, and this is why I 
I matured or I, I've evolved very quickly at a young age just because I had to. I, I didn't yeah. have an option, right? It was either, okay, um, I'm going to end my life or I'm going to continue to exist. Either way, they're both extremely painful, but yeah. Um, yeah. one is the easy way out and one is the harder way in, per se. Yeah. Um, that's good. But um, yeah, so um, what what I was trying to get at earlier was that that little incident or incidents that I may talk or speak of um, with someone with trauma, the stories don't always um, there. There's blockages. So it's like when you when you look back, there may be some memories that may be distorted or you may, may have forgotten about. And I can say like through my marriage, I have a lot of those where I just completely black out and I, I can't remember a lot of it. So little memories like this, like, like that incident, that wasn't a start of my abandonment. It wasn't, it, it's just a little puzzle to a bigger puzzle, right? Like if, if my abandonment issue was a 120 piece puzzle, that one was just one piece is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's pieces that you remember. But the point uh, that I was trying to make is having the courage to open up that door and being like, I have this problem. I have this issue that I need to resolve in order to move on in my life, in order to move on to a next stage, in order to live with the person I'm in love with and have this dog live in the home, I have to address this issue, right? Yeah. So just knowing that there's that puzzle there, if you can discover more pieces, it's great. Um, and, and you may need help. That's another thing too. It's like this whole podcast is about going in, but sometimes we need help. I will say, you know, you've talked about therapy and going to therapy and you're currently going to therapy. I've never been to an in-talk uh, therapy before, and that's very much something that I need. I understand that. But um, with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it gets a little bit complicated because it is something that they've discovered is more in the body than in the mind. So talk therapy doesn't always help uh, with that. because I know, a person should try it. No, I'm not saying I'm not going to try it. What I'm, what I'm saying is like with someone with complex PTSD, it can go into deeper. It may be something that you may have to have these certain exercises um, that you may have to do, you know, that may work better instead of just talk. I think what right? you've done on your own is amazing. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like the fact that I'm here now is like miracle nothing short it's of beyond a miracle. No. It, it's beyond me but I, I think i think that has a lot to do with my kids and having kids very young too so yeah but that's a choice you made as well let's be honest there and i'm talking about the kind of mom and person you choose to be not only to them but for them mm -hmm. so that it i i i don't know i'm i'm seeing a lot of choice making these days Courage. that's what's up it yeah. takes courage to to continue facing that fear facing all the fears 
because it's not only abandonment issues that I have, but we're not here to talk about all my fears. <laughs> That's what I'm really? saying. It's like it, it really takes you acknowledging something and learning how to go on and move on to the next one. So what do you mean when I we're not gonna talk about all your fears today? Because I I gotta tell you, you're a much more interesting subject than me. You really are. Oh no, that's not that's not a thing. I don't want this to. So I do have a lot of fears, um, but I I don't want this to just be about me and my issues. The reason why I said abandonment, just because it's something that holds very. Yeah. that I have firsthand experience with and it's something that I still tr struggle with you know even with my kids too they have they have abandonment issues and uh they've had therapy as well um so they have their own issues so it it's I have experience personally but also secondhand with watching my child having abandonment issues and then having to deal wow. with that with their fears you know even though abandonment issue is a huge thing that a lot of people can relate yeah. to, there's all kinds of other fears that we can talk about. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything as dramatic, as intense as abandonment. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there was a very big time in my life um, that I didn't, I, I was afraid, I was afraid that I could not be loved, that I wasn't worthy of love. I was afraid of of being loved. Being unlovable um, or? Yeah, yeah, that's literally it. Literally it. I, I didn't think I was. I was afraid of it. Uh, I was afraid that I was going to spend the rest of my days, like, fears really do in a lot of ways come from the the places where we grew up, you know, when we were children, when when our perception of the world was so small, mm -hmm. you know, when the shadows held so much, so much of what was unknown to us. Mm -hmm. And I guess I guess the thing that just keeps reoccurring and and just keep coming back to me is that. Even after we've turned on the light, you know, even after we've looked in the shadow or opened the closet door, you know, followed that, that sound, whatever, you know, even after we've done that, that fear for some reason, because I, I can generally say I'm not afraid uh, of it like I used to be. I do believe that I am. All the things I thought were a setback, all the things I thought made me unlovable or too much or whatever the case may be i figured out now that that's it's actually the opposite those are things that make me more favorable and because i i saw a pattern and i believed that pattern i i was afraid i was afraid that i was too much i was afraid that i had to dumb down my personality that I had to lower my light and I was so afraid that I contorted myself that I stuck myself in a box and I couldn't and didn't even want to express who I was and what I wanted and what I needed because I was so afraid I was so afraid that 
I would end up in that place by myself uh, where no one loved me or when nobody wanted to love me. But I can genuinely say I didn't have a love for myself like I do now. And it was only after I found it that I was able to really face that fear because I realized that um, what I really was afraid of was facing myself. What I really was afraid of was loving myself, mm-hmm. you know, because you spend so much time telling yourself that you're not good enough that you right. you believe it. Yeah, of course. And that the idea that you just might be good enough, that you just might be worthy of that love becomes so frightening because you've held on to this pain for so long that you're afraid to let it go. Mm-hmm. How how ridiculously redundant and rhetorically ridiculous does that sound? I don't know. I don't know. It just, I'm really something that I'm really glad I faced. And that's what I keep telling people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And it's so much easier said than, than done. So... Separate the fear from the suffering. It's a good rule of thumb, right? How do you do that? You face it, and what else? How do you separate it? Can you separate it? I, I don't think I don't think it's about separating anything. I think it's just confronting it and feeling it. There's no separation. Like I still have like going back to like my my fear of abandonment it's never i know it's a part of me i can never get rid of it's not something that's going to go away no amount of reassurance someone can give me is going to make that uh fear go away you know and i've i've learned to you learn to live with something you learn to adjust to change your behaviors accordingly you know it's being aware of your patterns, being aware of your behaviors that are keeping you back or holding you back from doing the things that you want to do, you know, loving the people that you want to love, getting close to other people in fear that they're going to leave you or abandon you just because it's always happened. So you leave them first? Yeah, it's easier to not even, to not even deal with it. To not even put yourself Ooh. in that situation. It feels Do better. Mm. What feels better? No, I'm saying it feels better when you have control of it because now you're an adult, right? So it's like if I if my fear of abandonment only happens when I get close to, you know, the people that I love, then maybe I shouldn't get close to them. I shouldn't know shouldn't allow them to get that close but but see that's what i'm saying that's not that's not a way to live right because you do want to love you do want to get close to people you do want to change that so it's like when i say change i don't mean like you're getting rid of it you know you're just well allowing it to exist what you were talking about a second ago brought me back to that old question is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all Correct me if I'm wrong, that question is about nothing more than the fear of pain. Is it better to endure the pain mm-hmm. or forego the pain? I don't live by that. Obviously, but it's been asked so many times before, and it speaks volumes about the character. If one chooses one over the other, doesn't it in a lot of ways explain to you how they deal with pain? 
I don't know, because I think there's a lot of people that have loved, right? I, I don't think there's someone that's like, oh, I've never loved before. You might not know what it means. And of course, it's going to mean something different to every single person. But to yeah. say, like, is it better to have loved or not at all? I, I just, I don't, I don't see how that's even possible for a human being. Well, and that's the point. Because everybody's journey is going to be different. And you're either going to choose to risk and invest yourself, your heart, whatever the case may be. You're either going to face your fear or the latter. Right. And then and at, that's what it comes down to always. And then as far as pain, like, I don't think you should feel any kind of pain in life. And we can have a whole episode of that. This is not about pain, but... I don't, I don't think anyone has to go through pain to anything. I don't think that should be a thing. I don't think life is about you need to go through this pain so you can feel. But you shouldn't avoid it either. feel this, you know, amazing thing. It's like, no, people don't have to go through pain. Why do people have to so go I'm through So I'm not going to go through some pain. No, you shouldn't. No one should have to go I... through pain to be happy. That doesn't make sense. So, for example, okay. let, let's use this example. When you have a child, and when that child is mm -hmm. born, the first few years of that child is nothing but happiness. There's no pain there, right? Because the child doesn't know, doesn't know yeah. the, the, the shit, you know, that adults have to go with. So it's like, we don't have mm -hmm. to go through the pain. There's not like, you know, a, a set rule book where it's like, you're going to go, you're going to be born, and then you have to go through 50% of pain so you can get 90% of love or a great life. No, it's that's bullshit. I don't believe in that. No one should even have to go to 1% of pain. No one should have to have to go through pain to experience a good life. I just don't believe in that. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Absolutely. And, and, and just because you correct had, me if I'm wrong, facing your fear can be painful, though, right? I don't think it's about pain. I think it's totally different. No, no, no. I know, but but that's the the thing. That's my point. It's that pain that makes people afraid. That pain that they felt early on that makes them afraid to face that thing that's causing the pain. But I don't think it's necessarily pain. You can just have fear. It doesn't have to be attached to pain it doesn't it doesn't did it did that thing with your mom you running after the car did that hurt i don't know <laughs> like I, I don't know i can't go back to that time it, it just plays in my mind like an image the only feelings that i may feel is for a little girl as a mother now you know what i mean seeing my child running after my car while i'm driving off yeah, I can look at that and be empathetic in that way. I can't go back to, to that to know how I felt at that moment. I can only imagine what I felt. It, it's just a memory. Gotcha. I, I don't have... So a lot of my memories are linked to things that happen, but I don't have any more feeling. There's no emotion linked with it. You don't it. remember how you felt. Right. Gotcha. The only the only emotion that I may have is empathy for the person that experienced that. Gotcha. As far as fear, I don't think fear and pain are. It doesn't mean that 
if you don't want to face your fear not always no i don't think it has to, it has to link link with a pain because you may have a fear that's irrational i don't want to get in the pool because i'm scared that they're like i have no, it's not i'm not saying always well no but that's what i mean like it doesn't Sometimes it's some sort of mental, <laughs> mental disorder. It, it doesn't even have to be a disorder. That's what I mean. Like fear, fear is fear. There's so many kinds of fear. So another yeah. fear that I have is a very irrational fear of sharks. For example, did I have a personal experience with sharks? No. So there's no pain linked to that, right? But do I uh get in the water at the beach and a little tiny seaweed will will brush up against my leg and i will scream bloody murder there's a fucking shark jaws is literally trying to attack me right now yes do i know that's not happening okay okay yes. hold on hold on that's that's not so irrational based on where you live though. was i not a child that used to only get to three feet of water when I was younger because I literally thought Jaws what that was at the deep end? Yes. <laughs> Did I think that until I was age 12, 13, 15? Yes. Like Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I don't like mean there's no no, I'm that's sorry. what I mean. Like there's all kinds of fears, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to mean there's some emotion with it, you know, but um, it, it doesn't have to be that extreme. I got you. I got you. That, and by the way, that's it's not too rational. Yes, I mean, is. maybe the the pool thing that's pool a shark? bit much, but you know. The... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious sorry. too. I'm, I'm not okay. joking. I believe you. Anybody that knows I, me I knows no I have issue. irrational fears of shark. I think they're demons. I think they shouldn't exist. <laughs> I understand they're important for the ocean. That's great. Thank you. You don't but think they're beautiful I'm, creatures? Hell no. I would rather, you don't understand, okay? When I say what, this what is about irrational, I can swim with in a lake with alligators and anacondas all day instead of one shark being anywhere near. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. This is you know irrational. the gator is way more likely to eat you, Yeah, right? no shit. But I'm trying to tell you. So why are you still willing to take on a gator? The shark ain't even going to mess with you. Because I'm telling you. You're not its natural prey. Because I'm, because I'm telling you it's an irrational fear. Most oh, of our fears okay. are irrational. I'm very well aware of it. But that's what, I'm, that's what I mean. But, it's but just fear. the water, right? You're not like, you're not sitting at home and you hear the doorbell and it's the pizza guy. You don't think it's like a shark just no, waiting no. to come through like, the door I, and eat no. you, right? No, I, I used to. I used to be one of those obsessed people with Shark Week. Oh. So, oh, but I that that was Week. me. That was me trying to. So, in going with fear, I, I wanted to bring this up when you were talking about it, like uh, fear of the unknown. So, so now we're getting into my fears, right? Because you brought this on. So, <laughs> fear of abandonment. It's still something I deal with irrational fears of shark i i'm also afraid of heights and it's a very real thing i can't get close to that's understandable i can't get close to certain things but i can justify that like there's i've had a lot of falls in my life even a recent one as a matter right of fact. yeah so, so i do have it, it's not irrational like i have a fear of heights no not at all the shark thing is just it's something that exists and i'm aware of that um but <laughs> 
but this is what I mean. I'm it sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, there's also the fear of the unknown. That's a fear that I've had ever since I was very, very young. And my way to learn to deal with that fear is to know everything about everything. Um, so there was a lot of discovery channel that I used to watch. There's a lot of discovering things about religion and, and science and everything that I, that I didn't know, I wanted to know about, you know, because I, I had this fear. So sharks was one of those things. I'm like, if maybe if I watch enough shark week, if I've, I've done that for my whole life, um, maybe if I learn more about sharks, I can understand from their perspective that, that it didn't help by the way. I still don't like sharks and I still think they're fucking demons, but this is what I mean. Like, That's how I feel about gators. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'll take, I'd swim with a bunch of sharks yeah. before I swam with one gator. Someone can pay me $1 million and tell me all you have to do is be in one of those protective cages uh -huh. with an instructor, right? Or on uh -huh. the boat at the top. And you're just mm -hmm. going to go down for 20 minutes. $1 million. Mm -hmm. Do you understand how no, much no. I want the $1 million? No, I do. I do. I do. But that one I get. If you would have said any other shark, I would have been like, you're dumb. Oh, great white. That's, that's my biggest fear. Everything great that. White. It's not just. Well, I sharks. mean, I, 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 it doesn't matter the cage. Doesn't matter the cage. Most recently, you know how many times I've seen those things bust through those cages and and the tanks and the. No, but grass? even if even if they told me that that shark has, it doesn't You're matter. With your what life. I'm trying to tell you is that what no, but it it doesn't even matter. What I'm trying to tell you how irrational my fear is, right? And we were talking about this earlier about like, for example going down under the knife and you're like what if something goes wrong it's like do you know how many times these people do this you know it's the same thing with the it's shark it's like fear. just because yes exactly it's an irrational fear and you have to be aware of that like it is irrational yeah there's those all those beaches all, all those beaches in florida got sharks in them all of them great white, great white probably not but really just the great white just the great white that truly, that truly, truly makes your fear oh, that yeah. much more irrational because they're not found anywhere. Not they're not found everywhere in the world. You know, if you were an Aussie, I'd be like, yeah, you should be very afraid. Yeah, let, let's you know, but the sharks thing because it's like, uh, no, no, seriously, fear, I'm, I'm like sorry, sitting here so thinking and putting myself in that situation, and the more I think about it, the more like my skin wants, <laughs> like I just wanna, I, I wanna, I'm like sorry. I'm starting to get hot right so like i'm sorry we yeah so on. but that's what we're i mean it's on. irrational right but it, and then i have the biggest fear of the fear of the unknown the fear that like uh, the water or space right i, I don't i don't mm, know okay a lot about it right and there's like not an everything knowingness of of it you know it, it's you can't like we don't know every single thing there's always things that we're going to learn so that's something that it, it's it's a fear of mine the fear of the unknown the fear of which goes back to the fear of not having control of what could happen okay fear of being out of control 
which is a reason why I don't I don't like to do drugs because it's it's one of those things that I'm like I don't know if I can control it you know just like I can with alcohol right so I know who I am with alcohol I know how much I can have until I start but even then I feel like I have some kind of control but that's what it is it's like it goes back to that fear of the unknown so we have these fears that are irrational right like the shark and then we have fears of things that actually happen which are linked to trauma like my fear of abandonment and then we have this other dimension of fears where it's like the fears of the unknown which is just like everything right and my way to face that fear is to learn more about it if i don't know something i okay. research it i'm i'm like a google genie i'm on that motherfucker like like every single day learning as much as I can of whatever I can. And I've always been like that. Sounds like you're facing it, no right. matter what you're because, facing Because it. in life, we can't control things. We can only control ourselves. So the more I know about my environment and people and things, the, the more control I feel like I have. Doesn't mean that I have control of it, but at least it gives me that safety of or that illusion that I have some kind of control over something. And that's, that's how I deal with yeah. that. Um, I've talked way too much. So no, take the mic. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I've been trying to think of a, a solution because you're facing your fears and that's the way to do this, you know, to, to take it head on. And I think the approach that you've taken is a very smart one you've chosen an analytical approach to your fear in the sense that you've started to research it in order to take the scary mm-hmm. parts away from it with, mm-hmm. uh, with facts. And that's a great hack, you know? And that's what I've been trying to think about as you've been talking, because we're talking about fear, the different kinds of fears, what it could do to you, but how do you deal with it? You know, how do you actually uh, face it? Because it's so easy to be like, you know what, just kick open the, the closet door and, it's you know, not. face the monster. Just knowing full well that the monster is going to literally rip your face off and then dine on your bones. You know what I mean? And, and of course not, you're not, but, um, analytically and everybody's going to be different. Everybody's mind is going to work different. So I think that's a good approach. Um, for some people, obviously ripping off the bandaid will, will be easier. And for some people, I think the simple willingness to face, the simple acknowledgement to face, like you said, it's very courageous and that's mm-hmm. just got to be the first step. Um, from there, uh, it, it just, it, it could stem in a lot of different directions, but again, analytically is good. Uh, I personally don't, um, I talk a lot inside my head. I have a lot of conversations. Uh, I would probably not go into uh how many different conversations but um i try to reason as much as i can when the fear arrives especially these days i try to understand what it is that i'm feeling and where it's coming from and i've noticed that once i do that i'm able to take that that trigger that pain that um overwhelming feeling that seems to want to overtake i just kind of i'm able to take some of the air out of it 
and deflate it, if you will, to the point that I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm the one doing this. I'm the one who's putting the boogeyman in the closet, you know, um, which I will admit at times brings its own set of fears when you realize you're the monster in the closet. But we're not going to go there just yet. Um it's honestly, it comes back to the same thing you and I keep talking about this episode, and it's about facing, acknowledging, you know, making sure you understand that it's either there or it's not mm-hmm. really there. It, And that's the know? thing, too. Like you said, it's either there or not really there. So the thing with fear is even though a lot of people can relate to to other people's fears, right? Um, it does not mean that we have to be aware that it's only in our mind, right? Now, the reason why I say that is because, okay, so I spoke about fear with trauma, but that's something that happened. It doesn't mean it's going to continue to happen, especially because one thing that I discovered is once you are aware of something, you won't do it again. The likelihood of you doing it again or being in that situation again are very slim, right? So you look at um, a little kid that has burned their hand for the first time on a burner, right? That kid, the likelihood of that kid putting their hand on that burner again is slim to none. Because they're afraid of it. Right, it's the fear now. It's, you've instilled, you, you have that fear now. So, the reason why we have that fear is because we're allowing it to live in our heads, right? And it's only in our heads. Someone that you grew up with and, and was raised by the same parents as you, they might not have the same kind of fears that you have. So this is very, it varies from individual. So what we have to remember is that this is in our head. Once you acknowledge that it's in your head and it's not actually happening, you realize that it's something that happened it's more than likely either never going to happen or the likelihood of it happening is slim to none because now you are aware of it right or you might like you said you said you just jump right in you know you're scared of uh speaking on stage and there's those people that are like, I'd rather never do that because I feel completely bare and naked. Uh-huh. And then there's those people that just like something comes over them. They're like, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And then as they're up there, they realize, oh, it is not a big deal at all. Like, you know, but um, everybody's approach is going to be different. But the major thing here is realizing that it was all in your head. You know, whatever you thought was going to, yeah, and facing it in your own way. So whatever you thought was going to happen up there, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It may never happen. Now, that doesn't mean that the next time you go up there is going to be the same exact thing. More than likely, yeah, probably. But it's it's just one of those things that you have to continuously go back to you're going to be confronted with over and over and over again. And this is what I'm talking about with, with changing things. It doesn't mean it's going to cease to exist because you're always going to have some kind of fear or memory of that fear, but you are so very well aware of it 
and because of your awareness to it and your acceptance of it, that makes it a little bit easier for you to navigate these scenarios, these fake scenarios that you've made up on your head. You know, Absolutely. The um, reality will never live up to the fantasy. Even when that fantasy is filled with fear and it's not so much a fantasy as it is a nightmarish uh, scenario that's been, you know, orchestrated in your mind uh, mm -hmm. over these things that are so simple that have actual no power over you. But, but mm -hmm. we've given it so much power because it's something that's unknown or something that, you know, could have been triggered early on, the, you know, the variations differ so vastly per person and journey. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is. It is nothing more than taking a moment to examine it, taking a moment to actually acknowledge it. Uh, because the moment you do that, it's, uh, it's rarely as, as really scary as it is in your mind, in reality. The moment you acknowledge it, you're not fueling that fire anymore. You're no. you're telling it, hey, I see you and I'm no longer going to continue to ignore you. You exist, yeah. but I'm also not gonna fuel that fire anymore. I'm also not gonna give you that power over me. Correct. And that next time when I go through a situation where I allow you to exist, you can exist in the back of my head but I can also be like, you know what, this is, I'm aware of this thing that I have and I could choose differently. I can choose a different path. I can either choose to go on stage or I can choose to go on stage next time, you know, but it's like you have knowledge of its existence. That's already decreasing the, the, the voices of it, you know, telling you that people are going to laugh at you the minute you get up on stage and you start talking. Yeah. You the know? second you stand up there and no one's laughing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, and, uh... and, and that's the thing. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, so we've talked about being aware of fear. Let's talk about the what if and so what, you know, cause I'm starting to, to learn that too. What if you tell yourself, and, and this goes into anxiety, which, I have a lot of. So what I've learned is, or what I'm practicing is the so what mentality, right? Yeah. You can be scared of going up on stage. What if you look at it, and, and this, is, this is another method of not giving it power or being, taking a hold of it and saying like, you don't have power over me, is you look at it and you're like, so what? So what if I go up there and everybody laughs? What's, what does that mean? What's, am I going to die? What do you think is, is going to happen? So they laugh at you. You can either laugh back or whatever, make a joke, or you can leave and be like, okay, whatever. Like it's not, or you could just stand there, you yeah. know, like what's the worst that can happen you know yeah my fear of abandonment goes with that you know it's like oh that person is going to reject me or that person is going to abandon me and i've gotten to a place where i'm like i ask it sometimes and i play around with it but i ask it sometimes like so what 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 does that look like what if that person did abandon me what where do i go from there 
you know, and, and just giving it or taking that power away from that fear. You know, it, it's like the bully. Yeah. Oh, you're ugly. So what? You confront it. So what? I'm yeah. ugly. Yeah, I'm ugly. And what? What does that mean to you? Take all its power. You know, you're taking all its power that there's nothing. The second they know that they can't hurt you, they don't want anything to do with you because they're trying to cause you pain. That's what the, the bully is. And when you take its power, guess what? He can't hurt you anymore. He doesn't even want right. to hurt At you least anymore. not with that. At yeah. least not with but that. A good so, analogy. so that's, yeah. So that, that's what I mean. You, you confronting your fears, like, okay, I go up there and they laugh at me and what, yeah. what, what, what else next? And then the fear is like, well, and then if they laugh at you and, and maybe you fall, yeah. And then I fall and then what? Well, yeah. and then, and then maybe mm. like you, you, you start noticing that the fear starts decreasing and it start losing its power it because you're irrational. like, you know, yeah, you're like, wait, then, what am I talking about? You trip and crack your head open. And, yeah, and, 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 and then and then they, they, they call you fat. And then and then maybe the, you know, and then it starts stuttering. You're like, oh, yeah. And yeah, then what? Yeah. And, and then, then what? And then, and then you're walking Check off stage and, and you get attacked by a great white shark. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? And then what? <laughs> you know, it's stupid. It yeah. doesn't make any it, sense. It is exactly. And you start making fun of it like what what is it start start questioning it and, and that already in itself is, is taking that power away from that fear you know and eventually it, you know it exists um yes. but it's not it's not gonna take a hold of you it's right. not gonna change you've taken your power back exactly and there's so many fears like we could be going on and on and on but i, I think just to generalize it, acknowledging it, being accepting of it, knowing that it's a part of you, knowing that it is in your mind, but also being aware that it doesn't make up all of all of you and who you are as a person. Yeah. I think that's important because just like my anxiety, which also uh, stems from the fear, um, my anxiety will constantly lie to me and make up these scenarios that are just they're not real you know yeah. um and it feels like it feels like yeah it feels like that shark is going to attack me even on land you know even at times on even on land it, that irrational fear just like curiosity because i mean how how easy is it for us to rationalize the the irrational how easy is it for us to do that? Or has it been easy for you to do that at times? That no, fear of abandonment, I mean. No, and this is what I'm saying. It's not until I start questioning it and taking its power away by being like, and what? What else is next? What What's gonna happen then? When yeah. you take away its power, you start realizing that it's irrational. Okay. Um, so like I said, my thing with abandonment just because it is complex it comes from complex ptsd it's layers upon layers it's not just one experience it's a lot of experiences it's my father passing away me moving out of the country at a young age it's me having a single parent 
me having a neglectful parent, me having continuously being abandoned and neglected emotionally. You know, it's me getting into a marriage with someone that decided to be in, enlisted in the army as um, as their career. So it's like being away every year or, you know, for a whole year, you know, it, it's all of these things. And I think the greatest gift is how we don't talk a lot about it, the universe here on this podcast, but just from my personal beliefs and stuff like that's what I love about the universe or, or this life is it continuously allows me the space to learn more about myself. So by giving me situations, putting me in into these situations where like my son, he has a fear of abandonment very, very strongly. I think even stronger than, than mine, but, um, how do I get to now play this role of stability and of stability in his life to where I can decrease that, that fear for him, you know, even though I know I'm not the cause of that abandonment for him. I think the same approach you've taken is the one you, you've chosen to look at all of this analytically and, right. and, and, you've, and it's helped me. Absolutely. It, I think it's not only going to continue to help you face your own fear, but also help you uh, help him face his. Because, right. you know, as you recognize the patterns, you understand what it is that caused your fear and what the differences mm -hmm. will be in the fear that he carries versus what you went through, because his journey is obviously different than yours. Right. Um, but again, you're, you're an active participant. Always comes back to that. You know, you, you have to be willing. You have to be searching for the choice for the answer thank you and i keep i keep using that word because it's it's my life up until now and it took me a very long time to admit it to myself because of this whole uh perfectionist mind that i have i always try to look at uh me like where i can always improve and this all goes back all the way to the first episode where i was talking about this but um because I always find ways to improve, there is that part of me that finds flaws in, in things that I do, mm -hmm. right? So with that being said, it's like, wait, I lost my train of thought. What were we just talking about? What was your question? I'm sorry. You were talking about being, being good enough. You know, always looking for a reason to be perfect, facing and coming back, the courage, the willingness, uh, making the choice. And you said the courage, the courage is what. Oh, the courage. Coming back yes. to it. So, so it took me a long time to, to admit that it took courage for me continuously throughout my life and these experiences that um, have been given to me in my life where I put myself in whatever it's always a learning experience for me and it took courage yeah. to face not only face them but um it's getting my power back it takes a lot of fucking balls to yeah. admit i have problems but i want to fix it because i know i know that there's something greater than me a greater purpose whether that is with my kids whether 
that is with me, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But I, I know there's something, or both. But I know that at the end of the day, I know there's something greater. Um, so I know that it took a lot of courage for me to continue to, God, I hate the word fight. That's such see, a but the, the, see, I, I, such a weak word. I, no, no, I it's... heard you. I heard where you were going with this, and you and I never agree on this. You and I never see it because it does take courage, and it does take you being your own hero, and it does take fighting. Yes, yes, yes. You know what? You may not see it this way, but I'm telling you, Ryan, there's a bunch of people out there who are afraid to fight, who don't have the courage, who That's don't fine. believe in themselves. And this is exactly yeah. why you and I started this shit. Because you and I were afraid of it. You and I didn't believe it. We were afraid to even believe it. But that's like, what I mean. Like, I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't... have to be me, a fight. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be pain. No, but uh, even that. You, you, can, you can say whatever you... You wouldn't put whatever label you want to put on it, and I could put whatever label I want to put in it. But at the end of the day, they're both doing the same thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Whether absolutely. you call it fight or not. I find but glory it in take, it. In that courage, I find glory in that courage. I do. I, I, I just don't. I, I don't think like going back to what you said, um, as far as people desperately just wanting to, um, uh, quote unquote, since you use the word fight, like I, I just don't believe that people have to experience that. Like I don't, I don't want that for anybody, you know. And I'm not sharing all of the things that I've been through. I'm not sharing it to give people courage to be like, well, if if this person went through that, well, I can go through that. It's not about that not. because the here. So here's the thing. I admire a lot of people uh, for what they've gone through, but I don't. I don't find that motivating at all. Okay, hold on I a don't, second. You're misunderstanding not, me. You're completely misunderstanding. It's not about what they went through that makes them courageous. It's about who they choose to be in spite of what they went through. It is the courage that they built and, and to face those things, to not let those things control them and make them become other people, fearful people. Right. I, and that fight... They, yeah, they just, chose... They chose the other path, but that's exactly. what I mean. Like it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make me a better person that I had to open up 50 doors of worth, worth of shit. And, and one person has just one door worth of stuff. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that I have more courage. It doesn't mean. And nobody doesn't said mean anything, anything about more. I'm just saying, I find it admirable. That's. Right, and, and you could, say. that's what I'm saying. You could find it admirable. I find it admirable of other people as well for, for the things that they've been through. But I don't think anybody should, at the end of the day, no one should be going through this shit. But the truth is, is that we have these things, right? We yes. have these doors. Going back to our, our my logo here, we have these doors. Mm -hmm. and we have control of opening them letting out whatever needs to be let out so we can feel it so we can deal with it you know let it be a part of us let it let us know that even though it exists it no longer has power over us these fears don't have power over us yeah they 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 are just thoughts they're just you're not your thought you know
you're not it, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything bring reality into it bring being it bring being in the present you know and not allowing it to hold yourself back from whatever you need to you need to do you know what i mean and definitely not ignoring it you know but i think if you're listening to this episode you're definitely not ignoring it but um that's the biggie that's that's like not ignoring it not ignoring it yeah grow some fucking cojones and deal with your shit you got some you know big big sit hairy down. balls you do sit down with it and, and just like yeah just 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 deal with it you're so hardcore i just want i want to take it out for coffee and you know maybe talk to it you know see if he wants to play connect four or something like that you like you want to listen listen my fears have fears okay we didn't even get into that <laughs> okay that so I, I, don't, I don't feel like having nightmares tonight i really <laughs> that, don't that is, the, that is the extent like i had to go up to my fear and while we were having tea some decade ago it told me like you know what i've been dealing with my own shit too. oh my I'm god like, really let's sit down and talk about it yeah um but yeah wow on that note, on thank that you no note, thank you for that thank you for that thank you all for listening yeah and we'll see you guys on the next one bye